Hello and welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And in case you are not already in the tribe, would love to give to you my Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. You can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com sensitivesoulguide.com. And I'm really excited today because on our Light Warrior radio show, I have Philippe and Miguel here, Philippe Ullens and Miguel Mendoza, because we are going to be talking about crafts. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite things. Um, now, I was introduced to crop circles many years ago. Didn't know very much about it. Was immediately drawn to them because of the their beauty. And in fact, felt this incredible outpouring of love. Um, like drawn to tears. And I honestly, I was like, can somebody just like, you know, get me on a trip and so I can see all these, you know, crop circles. And what was really neat is Miguel has been on my show multiple times. He's an author, musician, um, and, and, uh, ET researcher. He's collected, uh, so many, um, connections with other, uh, ET, uh, you know, people that are interested in ETs. He himself has had some uh, very interesting contact experiences. And so he got together with Philippe, who is a Belgian photographer for over 20 years, has been flying over top of crop circles in Southern England, documenting them in a beautiful, stunning collection of images. So you can check out his book at Crop Circles, uh, sorry, that's called Crop Circles, Beauty and Soul. And uh, so they've been working together recently. And I was just so pleased to hear when Miguel said, hey, I know this guy you know, who photographs crop circles because I don't know anybody in that field. And I was just so excited to be able to learn more about them and what they've been researching and, and talking about. Um, so like I said, uh, Philippe has uh, been doing this for over 20 years and you can check out his work at www.soulfood.photo. So www.soulfood.photo. Photo, and he's actually the co-proprietor of The Henge Shop in uh, Avery, Wiltshire, in the heart of Crop Circle Country. And fascinatingly, some of our, at least one of our um, tribe members, like Medicine Community members, has been there multiple times, which is so cool. <laughs> so without further ado, I'd love to welcome Philippe and Miguel. Thank you so much for being here with us. It's a pleasure. Nice to be with you again. Excellent. So we're just going to make sure that Philippe can unmute here. Um, yeah. Oh, so great to have you both here. Philippe, hello, how are you? Yeah, fine. Delighted to be there. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, wow. We're so excited to have you here. So maybe, um, Philippe, maybe you can start and like tell us about how did you get started photographing crop circles in the first place? And then we'll talk a little bit about how you guys met. Actually, in 1998 or something like that, I wanted to make a gift to a friend I was meeting. And um, I was rushing to our appointment quite far from here, actually. And uh, I passed in front of a bookshop. And in the window seal, there was this book with strange carving in the fields. The book was in German. I had a clue of what they were speaking about. But uh, I gave it to my friend and he said, well, if you have the opportunity, you should read this book. And um, in German, that was beyond my abilities. 
But still six months later, I bumped into a crop circle calendar in the waiting room of the vet. And um, I started looking at crop circle on internet. Uh, the Bible is crop circle connector. And um, from 98 till 2001, I looked at them on internet. And then in August 2001, some huge ones happened here in England near Avery. And uh, I thought, okay, this is absolutely amazing, beautiful, so complex, so incredible. Next year, I have to go and take a look. So I went yet the, the following year, the year after, and so on for a few years till... Um, the local shop was for sale and um, we decided, my wife and I, we were going to buy it. And little by little, we came to live here. So, uh, and we, I've been photographing crop circles since 2002, 20 years now. And uh, I just love it. Oh, that's great. So who flies the plane? <laughs> who flies the plane? A pilot. <laughs> Uh, there is a lot of air traffic here, and uh, if I was to photograph and uh, uh, take the picture at the same time, I wouldn't be speaking to you. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, uh, so, so how many crop circles have you photographed, do you think? I don't know, something like 500. Wow, wow. Over that period, that is a lot of crop circles. Um, yeah, I have more questions about that for you, but first, uh, Miguel, maybe you can share with us, like, how did you meet Philip? How did that connection occur? Uh, it's actually through Barbara Lamb, uh, my colleague mm. on Meet the Hybrids. She had spent 25 years straight um, flying from her home in California to uh england every summer to go and crawl around in farmers fields and um hang out with all her uh crop circly friends <laughs> and uh she was just addicted to it essentially just completely drawn to them and i mean barbara's one of those people that is so humble that you wouldn't really wouldn't know half of a fraction of what she's actually experienced in her life but she has been everywhere and done everything i mean you name one crazy mystical place on the planet and she's probably been there wow. she is a field researcher as well as somebody who is she's just basically a very kind-hearted an unbelievably curious soul and very courageous. So she's done all these kind of wild and interesting things. <laughs> and uh, where she found the time, who who can say? But um, I guess she's in her mid eighties now, so you know she's she's had the time. And uh, we had talked about crop circles on and off while we we're working on Meet the Hybrids, but not in a great amount of detail um, up until recently, but I'll come back to that um, later on in our conversation. Um, but it was through herself 
that um, essentially the, the bridge was made because Philippe, being in Avebury, being into crop circles, had made her acquaintance. And Philippe, I'm sure, would have his own stories about hanging out with Barbara over the years. Um, but yeah, I, I found myself in the hen shop one day and found a copy of Meet the Hybrids in their bookstore and mentioned it to this lovely French-speaking lady behind the counter. And I said, oh, you just made my day. I found one of my books on your shelf. And uh, when I showed her which one it was, she just said, don't move. She went in the back, brought out Philippe, and uh, we got talking. And more recently, I've been doing a series of collaborations with artists of all different kinds. Um, so I create electronic music and I like to find really compelling images to make a music video with. And I'll mm. take, you know, two or three dozen images or, or more in some cases and essentially create a kind of slideshow just to share more of those images, those images with more people. And those artworks all have a very specific impact on me. So I'm always going to make a unique piece of music for them. And in doing this, I suddenly remembered Philippe's extraordinary collection of crop circle photographs, which he'd, he'd given me a copy of his book. And so this came to mind. We did this video together. Um, people seem to love it. It was just an absolute joy to work on. And then I just started sending that video around. And some of my friends like yourself who have shows um, said, uh, would you like to come on, the two of you, and um, come talk about this stuff? And so this, I think, is our fourth one that we've done. And it's just been a real joy to be able to share these images with more people because crop circles, as we'll get into, it's a very complex and beautiful and powerful subject. And the, the impact that it has on people is often quite strong. And so you never know who out there in the world might need to spend time with these images because mm. you don't know what they'll get out of it. And because it's only in a certain place, in certain places at certain times of the year, it's somewhat exclusionary as an experience. It's difficult to access for a lot of people in person. So to be able to share right. the images with people, you know, is a useful contribution that we can make. Oh, wow. I see. Well, um, not everybody is familiar with crop circles. I mean, most of our tribe have seen them, but they don't really know what they are. And I have seen a few films, uh, documentaries, which even show uh, humans uh, using some sort of interesting metal devices making so-called phony or fake crop circles. So we're going to kind of get into all those questions. Um, so first of all, uh, Philip, maybe you can just define like what is a crop circle? Well, well, well. Um, crop circle are drawings made in a crop. Um, so you need a crop, meaning 
they tend to appear on the north in the northern hemisphere between uh, the 15th of April and uh, the early August. Um, the crop, the cereals, it can be corn as well, it can be trees exceptionally, are bended by something. Um, and it makes an incredibly complex, huge, beautiful growing. The crop keeps growing, can be harvested. Um, quite often you'll find at the bottom of the stems a few holes because there seems to be heat escaping while the crop is being bended. It's enough uh, to bend the stem, but it's not enough to kill the plant. Uh, the plant will keep growing. And um, then the growing will be harvested. At that moment, it's still fairly visible. And it's only when it's plowed that it tends to disappear. Although the following year, quite often, you can still see fairly strong traces in the field of a crop circle that appeared the previous year. Wow, that's interesting. And in when you talk about fields, what, what kind of crops are the, like, are they wheat fields? Are they like, what kind of fields are they? Well, mainly wheat fields, traditional cereal fields here in, in the UK. Well, I mean, crop cycle happened all over the planet, um, but I think 40 to 50% of them happen in a radius of 50 miles around Asia. Hmm. Do you have a theory on why that is, aside from there's a lot of wheat fields there? <laughs> is there another reason um, you think? No, if, if the only condition was to have a lot of wheat, you'd see a lot more in the US or ah. in, in other places than you do here in the UK. Um, it might be linked to ley lines, energy lines that are uh, going around the planet and are fairly similar to uh, the energy line you have in the human body. Um, mm. And uh, Avery is a fairly uh, interesting place in the ley line system of the planet and uh, probably explain why there's so many crop circles here. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, I, I was going to make a joke about uh, maybe the US wheat fields are genetically modified more than in England and maybe, they, you know, maybe it's not conducive energetically to put the crop circle there, but um, I think your theory sounds a lot more feasible than mine. Now, one of the first lecture I gave on crop circle, I went to see uh, a database and there were 5,000 pictures in there of crop circles. And crop circles have been appearing since a long, long time. Uh, there's a friend of mine who was, she's in her mid seventies now, and uh, she was born here in a farm and she remembers quite clearly crop circles being there when she was young. It, there were plain circles in the field. And crop circles are often, I mean, can be interpreted as a kind of alphabet. Uh, they appear as circle, uh, rather small circle, 20, 30 meter wide. And if nobody looks, they, they stop appearing. If people start looking, 
they grow in size, they grow in number, they grow in complexity, and um, you get the whole alphabet, and sometimes you get full sentences, and, uh, and then they tend to calm down. I think also they had something to do on this planet between, let's say, 1985 and 2012. They did what they had to do, and now uh, uh, you have fewer crop circles than you used to in those 20, 25 years. And um, I think they've done most of what they had to do for, for this time of, of, uh, in the life of the planet. Mm, that's fascinating. So you're saying that if people, us humans, do not pay attention or look at the crop circles, that uh, that they would not necessarily respond with greater growth or complexities. Does that, did I get that right? It's one of the way to understand it. Uh, for instance, there was an interesting case in Italy. Italy had received quite uh, a limited amount of crop circle and all of a sudden they started getting a few. And then uh, Italians being very enthusiastic people, they reacted very strongly. And during about 10 years, they had quite a few beautiful crop circles over there. Now the country is fairly long, meaning uh, as there wasn't a specific center, if you wanted to see them, you would have to travel quite a distance. But um, apparently, when people started kind of reading crop circle, there were more crop circles. On the other side, I personally believe that um, they had a specific uh, goal or purpose for the earth and the earth has reached its goal. And so now we still get a few crop circles but their number is much, much smaller compared to what it used to be. And let's say the highest point between uh, 1990 and 2005. Mm, okay, so between the two of you, Philip and Miguel, what, what do you theorize or what do you feel strongly? What's the purpose of these crop circles and, and who made them? Well, for me, it's... Uh, it's crop circle is an interesting uh, case, a bit similar to God. Uh, when we bought the local shop, uh, we had about 10 people working in the shop and we asked each of them what was their theory on crop circle. We got 10 people and 10 different answers. And uh, everybody has to be free to have his own beliefs about crop circle. And there's no point in, in forcing or uh, pushing anybody in, in a specific direction. I think the planet right now is in a major transition, uh, getting to uh, a level of higher consciousness. And for me, I perceive that crop circle were kind of massive injection of positive energy in the planet to help the planet in its transition. Um, now, um, here you'd find two different kind of uh, sources regularly um, used to explain the crop circle. Well, three sources actually. Um, a fraction of the crop circles are made by humans. 
There's no doubt about that. Um, but typically, they take a lot of time to make them. Um, typically, they're not so pretty. Um, and typically, you know about them because there's so many planes and flying objects flying about this, about this part of the country that when people are busy in the field doing anything, uh, they're seen. Uh, then you have all the crop circles where it's difficult to understand how they were made. And there are two main hypotheses about them. One is an alien origin and one is um, Earth spirits. Um, the Earth itself and some of the Earth's energy creating these beautiful drawings. Um, for me, it can be any of those two. I have my, my own preferences, uh, and I would clearly go on the alien side, but I wouldn't mind the other side, as long as, for me, what's essential is not so much who's making them, but the beauty and the joy they generate. Um, there's obviously a huge brain behind the crop circle. If you look at 20 of them, 50 of them, 100 of them, and you see the size, the beauty, um, the complexity, the amount of sacred geometry in there, uh, you can only say, wow. And crop circle are, for me, uh, what's uh, kind of obvious there, uh, tremendous amounts of delicious soul food. Um, and, and that's essential for crop circle. The rest, who makes them, is almost um, a secondary issue. Uh, we're in a world where there's no free lunch, there's plenty of ugly things. And once you get huge sizes of uh, intelligent beauty, I mean, it's such a gift that you have to enjoy it. For myself, um... And the question of who makes them, um, I did talk to Barbara about this recently, and she said that over the years she'd met um, a number of people that make them or used to make them. I, I mean, some of these people would be pushing on now and, and have other things to do, and maybe their work would be complete. Um, and I asked her... And some of them have, you know, they're very public about it. It's, um, it's not, um, it's no secret that they, that they do this. Um, and when I asked her what she understood to be the reasons why humans made them, there was again a variety of answers. Some was, you know, one that really stuck out to me was that they wanted to, they enjoyed fooling people. So, <laughs> you know, they they got off on being able to send people on some cosmic wild goose chase. Maybe um, I haven't spoken to these people, so I haven't heard it from the horse's mouth, but that was one of the reasons they enjoyed being able to fool people. Another was that they actually felt inspired they one of them in particular said i just get these visions of designs and i have to go and basically scratch them down and go and make them he felt 
absolutely compelled to make these and he and i can't remember so i don't want to guess why what he thought of as the source of that whether it was just that kind of creative source that artists tap into and who knows what those sources are whether it's another aspect of the self or it's some other consciousness that is able to bring work into the world through us through implanting ideas or if it's something else entirely and and that that question of where artistic inspiration comes from is is uh connected to this um but maybe slightly outside the bounds of uh, a deeper discussion um and those are the two main ones that i recall from her i think that she gave a few others because she's always very particular with her questioning and very exact with her facts with the data but those are the main two that i recall um so some seem to be about ego and some didn't so yeah. the, the human side um in terms of does the i've heard lots of different theories on how it might be that the earth itself is able to generate these people have talked about magnetic fields and currents of energy that interact and all these kinds of things um unknown and probably unknowable at least for the time being how how we would possibly quantify that or work out i mean the thing is that if you look at some of them Philippe can talk in more detail about this, but he talked about the Schumacher-Levy comet. And in the run-up to that, during that whole period, there was a whole series of crop circles that appeared that were essentially kind of telling the story of what was happening with this comet, um, including its final demise. I don't want to butcher the story. Philippe can give you that in, in more detail. Um so how the earth would wish to communicate that and what the purpose would be who knows again as we know there are most likely multiple sources multiple creators and my friend Faye Vale who channels art from different ET beings in her understanding and you've had her on the show um her understanding is that multiple beings are sending work through her so there are multiple authors there are multiple artists at work and if it's happening with one human artist then i would imagine crop circles would potentially be the same thing that no matter who is creating them there are multiple authors and there are you know which might help us to understand why there are multiple styles multiple scales the geometry of these things is fascinating and complex and there's clearly it seems to me at least in some of them a very clear intelligence that works there is some form of intelligence that is desiring to communicate something and and as to why they make them I think you only have to go and spend time in them to get at least one answer. And that is the effect on humans 
on human consciousness, on our imagination. To be at some of them is just so interesting if you just pin your ears back and listen to, because you can see people from all walks of life, people that are country people, people who are urbanites, people throughout, you know, rich and poor. It seems like all types of humans are drawn to this experience. Something is compelling to them about this phenomenon. And all of them are affected by it in some way, shape or form. There is no escaping the effect that it has on the imagination of human beings. There's just no getting around that. Now, where that takes you, that is going to be unique for each individual, for each crop circle. And depending on the group you go with, the group dynamics is going to be unique. So every experience of it is unique. But to line one and to stare up at the sky, there just is this feeling of intimate connection to the cosmos. Now, it could be that someone somewhere is a is just on another hillside watching all these people tripping out on the possibility of lying in the work of some cosmic agent right and and they may, might find that incredibly funny and satisfying but it's sort of irrelevant because the experience is the experience and it's a powerful one. And it's one that I would encourage anybody with a means to experience. Mm. Well, that that's interesting because, you know, I, I was curious, like how do people that live there, like you Philip, like even know that there's a new crop circle made because seeing it from the top is one thing, but if you're walking around or driving around, you can't actually necessarily see past the, the wheat to know that there's a crop circle. So how do you even know that there, there's a new crop circle to investigate? Well, uh, lots of local people don't know anything about crop circles. They've never heard about it and uh, they're not aware of the phenomenon. Um, and there's two ways of experiencing them. You can either walk in them, uh, lie on the ground, meditate in them, try to feel them physically, and then you can fly above them. Uh, quite a few crop circles are so complicated. I've been in a few crop circles physically before flying above them. And they're so huge that when you're in them, you can't even imagine really what they represent. A crop circle will have a diameter, let's say typically between 50 and, and 400 meters. If you go into complex drawings that are 200 meter wide, from the ground you see really nothing. Uh, you don't know where you are, you know there's something happening, but you have no idea of what it looks like. Take the drawing that's behind Miguel, uh, that's a crop circle that appeared um, about a hundred yards from the Avery Stone Circle, and in 19, and, uh, sorry, 2021, um, during COVID, uh, when you're in there, uh, 
Okay, each tractor line, those uh, oblique lines, the distance between them is 25 meters. So we, we have a crop circle here that's about 50 meter in diameter. Um, you see it's a rather complex drawing. And unless you see it from above, it's, it's very difficult to make yourself an idea of what it is. You can feel its energy, um, especially if you, uh, how can I say, fall asleep in the middle or meditate in the middle for a long time. You'll feel things. But uh, ideally, you have to fly above it to know really what it represents. So if there's a new one, is it usually the people in planes that tells people on the ground that there's a new crop circle that has never been seen before? Absolutely. And uh, the network is very, very, very efficient. Uh, I don't know. There are four major airports in London. Uh, there is one nearby in Bristol. There's a few others. Um, there are people shuttling in helicopter from different places around London. There is a huge army base and a number of airfields. And they, everybody knows, all the pilots know who to contact when there is a new crop circle. And the rumor goes incredibly fast. And the place where you can know uh, is typically crop circle connector. Um, they would know within an hour or two when a crop circle appears that, that it has appeared and they would know where it is. And they would know if the farmer accepts visits or not. Oh, wow. That's pretty efficient. Now, I yeah, have it's, heard... It's quite efficient. Yeah, that's great. Well, I've heard uh, that um, in one of the documentaries that I watched that um, they actually showed people making, uh, uh, humans making crop circles. Um, and they, and one of the other researchers was saying that in the ones that are human made, the, the crops, when they're bent, they're actually broken. Uh, whereas the other so-called non-human made crop circles, they're like you described that the crop is bent, but not damaged. So is that a, 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 a truth or is that just a relative, you know, observation from one person? You know, when you, you started this hour, uh, Karen, you spoke a lot about joy and the fact that we feel love or not. People ask me, constantly what's the difference between a real crop circle and, and not a real one. I wouldn't, I mean, there are technical differences for sure. Uh, these little holes that are at the base of the stem of the crop uh, can be a pretty good sign that it's a real crop circle. Uh, but for me, the most interesting signpost is joy. Uh, I would say out of 10 crop circle, uh, seven of them or six of them will really uh, generate uh, the kind of joy you have when you see uh, a baby smiling to his mom or a beautiful animal or, you know, some of the most joyful thing you can experience on this planet. And... And three or four out of 10 will leave you completely cold. And that's for me more essential than the technical definition of a real 
or not a real crop circle. Um, there's a number of interesting things. If you see um, on my website, one of the pictures shows uh, three crop circles near each other. And it's actually the phantoms of crop circles of the previous year. So if you take uh, a crop circle, you harvest it, you plow it, you plant new cereals, and the drawing is still visible almost as if it, as if it was new, uh, you can guess that a tremendous amount of energy was injected in that ground for something like that to happen. So I would imagine uh, those three were certainly real ones because if you were to try to do that with a plank and a rope, it, it wouldn't work. Um, a number of other things are extremely difficult to explain, but uh, yeah, crop circles are also made by people who have humor. Uh, let me take three cases. One is for me a, a very touching case because it involves me almost kind of directly. In 2012, we had a hill not far from the airfield that was covered in um, poppies. And it was like a beacon. Every time we would take off, we'd see those hills covered in bright red. And one day we had to photograph um, a crop circle that was beyond them. So we flew above those poppy fields. And I was just thinking, wow, how sad that we'll never have a crop circle in there because poppies are so fragile that we'd get poppy mash. And now the next day, we got a smiley in there, 120 meter wide. And it was kind of laughing at me and said, oh, you thought we couldn't do it. And okay, that's a fairly personal experience. And, wow. Uh, but it tells you something about crop circle. Also, on 7 7 2007, in a very big field where we had a lot of crop circle, appeared a huge one. So the next year, on the 8th of the 8th, 2008, 400 people were on that hill the whole night with night vision uh, uh, equipment and they were scanning the field constantly. And at quarter to four in the morning, there was nothing in that field. And at four o'clock in the morning, there was a 300 meter long crop circle. And that crop circle had the shape of an egg. Now, when I was told that, I thought, well, I mean, an eight appearing on the 8th of the 8th, 2008, isn't that stupid? Well, if you look at the picture, uh, it's an amazing eight. It's made of two circles, um, and each of them has arrows. One of them has arrows pointing inside, the other one arrows pointing outside, and you realize that they're two different polarities. And then between those two circles, there is a very sophisticated center. So if you think about sacred geometry and you think, okay, we have two polarities and you accept the two polarities, uh, you grow in terms of uh, spiritual consciousness. 
and just put yourself in the middle and the middle will function almost like an elevator. And I think that's what this crop circle was expressing. And so the dumb eight of the eight of the eight 2008 wasn't maybe so dumb. Um, an interesting one that happened in 2007, um, exactly at the same spot as the one behind Miguel, appeared the crop circle 100 yards away from the stone circle of Avery. And four young guys, age 20 to 25, coming from East Bloc countries, were there for their summer holiday. And we had had a dry spell, which is really exceptional in our area. And the field was dry. And they decided to put their sleeping bag in the middle of the crop circle. And at 10 o'clock at night, four orbs the size of soccer balls flew towards them. And at first, the four guys were scared really bad. And the balls, the orbs could feel it and they stopped moving and they waited for the guys to calm down. Then they flew closer. And little by little, the orbs tamed the guys. And at some point, one of the guys couldn't resist and he took one of the orbs in hands and screamed his head off. And he said to the three others, don't worry, I wasn't hurt, uh, I wasn't scared. I just didn't know, didn't know so much love existed on this planet. And strictly speaking, the orbs have no reason to be related to the crop circle. Still, uh, one can feel intuitively that they were. And uh, quite often you see orbs appearing uh, once crop circle have happened somewhere. And um, the last element that's for me absolutely essential is the incredible beauty of these things. You see behind Miguel, it's not an ugly drawing. And uh, you don't get uh, huge drawings appearing on a regular base on this planet uh, that are stunningly beautiful. Uh, it's just not something that happened on this planet. You get plenty of ugly things happening on a regular base and on a repetitive base. You get wars, you get all kinds of things. But beauty being created for free, huge size by a huge brain. Uh, it's so exceptional that it has to be enjoyed. Mm, beautifully said. I love what you said about it. it's less about technically how it's done, whether it's false or, you know, or whether it's real or ETs or humans, but more like what is the experience when we look and appreciate them and know like deep inside what it means for us personally. I, I think that's beautiful and a great way to look at it. I, I do tend to be kind of technical, you know, and, and like to know, well, is this real? Is this not real? You know, but what you said is really just cutting through all of that egoic, you know, stuff and just going right to the heart. So thank you. All and right. It's probably so the same for any piece of art though, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. there's a, there is a question out there in arts quite regularly, it seems, about 
the extent to which we should separate the art from the artist, because there may be artists that themselves are particularly problematic in their behavior, um, their beliefs, could be anything, could be any number of reasons that people will find an artist problematic, let's just use that term. And in that case, there are generally two responses. One is to reject the art as well, and the other is not to, is to say that we can actually enjoy this thing separately from the creation of it. And, you know, there's plenty of people who will come to that art with no clue. They might find it in a gallery. They might see a mural on a street corner. It could be anything anywhere. And they probably nine times out of ten will not know who created it. But it's absolutely irrelevant. There it mm. is. It's incredibly striking. You have a, a personal experience with it. You have a personal relationship with it. And that relationship might last five seconds if you're driving past the mural. It might last a minute if you're in a gallery and something keeps taking you back to it. It could last a lifetime. It could be mm. anything. And, and with crop circles, I would support that view that it the, the question of who makes them to me is, is secondary to the experience of being in it, not just by yourself and the philosophical energetic journey it takes you on, but it's the shared experience that you can have with sometimes a hundred other people that you're all here. And sometimes you've come from all over the world. And I am that person that always, it doesn't even matter what it is. I mean, it could be, I just happen to be somebody next to somebody in the cereal aisle. And I think, man, the journey that it took, all of our ancestors, the journeys that they took, everything our every ancestor had to survive in order to procreate so, so that in this moment, I can be next to this person mm. in the cereal aisle or next to next to them in a crop circle. And I wonder about those journeys. I wonder about what brought all of us here to this place. I mean, we could have been at a supermarket. We could have been in an art gallery, but we all got drawn here. And being a researcher, it's, it is tremendously difficult not to ask questions. In fact, one that I went to uh, a few summers ago, <laughs> um, there was... A lady just seemed to be really, I don't know, just one of those people that you wonder what's her deal. You know, you just wonder what trip is this person on? And myself, and my partner, just wandering around this large formation. And um, she's just by herself, very quiet. And I couldn't help myself, you know, wandering over and just, you know, saying, as as just about everyone was to just about everyone else so you know uh what do you think what do you think of this you know who uh who who do you think made it how do you think they made it why do you think they made it which seemed to be the big three and she just said um respectfully i would just like to be quiet now i just like to be here 
and just experience this mm. respectfully right i mean that's pretty cool you know that somebody was so connected to it and they really got that about it that it's not just a place to go and take a bunch of pictures and stick it on instagram and say this is my weekend it's pretty trippy you know it was somebody having a really authentic reaction to the crop circle and quite a deep one and of course you know i'd love to know i would love to have got the download you know a few hours later on the next day like what did you get from it what was the journey for you and there are you know millions of those stories for these all the people that have ever visited these things Wow, yeah, that that is really, really neat. Now, before we go to some some questions from our our tribe members here, um, I heard through David Wilcock, and he showed some old paintings of crop circles and fairies. Okay, so he was saying there's some stories in the past, our human past, where uh, humans would enter one end of the crop circle and come out the same spot like they would disappear and come out the same spot with a beard fully grown as if they had been there a hundred you know like however many 50 years or whatever it is um aged and uh the story was that when they went through one end of the crop circle they could see fairies and that kind of thing and they would warn the humans uh, and they could spend time with the fairy lands, but they would warn the humans to always go back through the same spot. Otherwise, they could miss 100 years <laughs> and be uh, either 100 years in the past or in the future. So just curious whether either of you have heard those stories uh, or, or seen those paintings or anything like that. What, what was measured a few times is that, um, for instance, the pilot of my microlite is not a dreamer. He was an Air Force pilot for five years. And he says when a crop circle is totally fresh, the energy in the center of it is so strong that all my instrument can fail at the same time. So he refused to fly at the vertical of a crop circle and the next day or two after it was created. Um, what was also measured is um, Sometimes watches that have been um, uh, measured together before you enter the crop circle have a slight, slight, slight difference when you come out. Like if it was in a different time and space when you're in the crop circle. Now, um, much more sophisticated and complicated than that I have not encountered. But it's fairly clear that in a place like Avery, you're at a crossroad between different dimensions. And everybody can feel here that the distance between those dimensions is kind of paper thin, so that things can happen. Um, but what you've described there, I've never heard in, in 20 years experience. Mm, that is fascinating. Well, that does make sense for the, what the pilot was saying that a freshly made crop circle that uh, like in our, uh, you know, light medicine vernacular would describe it as like you were saying thinning of the veil or a portal or some some sort of um, at least temporal uh, uh, shift so dimensionally things are much closer 
and uh, the instruments failing and, and that kind of thing would make, make sense because at least from my personal experience, sometimes our even our computers and devices can fail or just stop to work or shut down when they are in the midst of some dimensional energy or a shift in uh, dimensional space-time, so to speak. And I think what David Wilcott was talking about in that particular lesson, he was kind of sharing the difference between what our common everyday experiences is time and space, that we have time that's linear, you know, um, whereas in the so-called opposite or different dimension, it's space-time. So you can move in space move in space, and you'll actually be in a different time. I'm not really explaining it well, but <laughs> I sort of got it when he was teaching it. Um, so that's that's fascinating. Um, and before we uh, go to questions, is there anything else, Miguel or Philip, you wanted to comment on this before we go to a question? Yeah, maybe I would like to say the following. It's it, <laughs> this interview is is interesting and and challenging because we're talking about something we're not seeing. What I would encourage people to do is there are at least three websites where you can see a lot of crop circles. You can see them on Crop Circle Connector. There is a beautiful website named Temporary Temples, made by Steve Alexander, who is probably uh the most experienced photographer of crop circles and then you can go on mine on soulfood.photo and what i would encourage people is go and experience crop circle for themselves if you come here um to see crop circle you're going to be disappointed because there are not so many of them left and so looking at database where you can see many is probably the best way to experience them. Look at 10 of them, look at 20 of them, look at 50 of them. It's going to take you five minutes and just take the beauty and the complexity of them in your brain. I mean, for me, a huge difference in life is between joy and pleasure. Uh, you mentioned Karen starting this interview uh, in your meditation that we should connect to oneness. When you have a deep connection, you can reach joy. And on the other side, uh, so many experiences are frustrating on this planet. So a lot of people have addictions, minors or bigger, and those addictions give them short-lived pleasures. Now, Crop circles are not an addiction. They're the real thing, they're joy. And uh, they'll help you connect to the earth. They'll help connect you to the other people who are enjoying that crop circle at the same time you do. Uh, they're connecting you to the stars, to the whole universe. And I mean, I'm, I'm Belgian. I migrated to this country in the middle of Brexit, because the joy of crop circle was so strong for me that I couldn't resist. Um, I've seen a lot of things in my life. I'm a photographer. I've photographed a lot of beautiful things, but this is really quite exceptional in its ability to connect you to something that is beyond words. And so I would really encourage people, if I had to leave one thing about this interview, is please go and see as many crop circles you can. 
on on Google um, and and just yeah uh, swallow them with your eyes. Mm. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. So uh, your website is uh, soulfood.photo, correct? Yep. Okay, and and can they get a copy of your book through that uh, that site? Probably, or the best way to do it is actually to go to my shop, which is uh, the Henge Shop, like Stonehenge, hengeshop.com. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Ginny, one of our Soul Tribe members, to put that link in for um, for us in our chat. And uh, speaking of Ginny, uh, she has a, her hand up, so uh, I'll ask you to unmute Ginny, and you can share your question or comment. Yeah, first, I just want to say thank you to both of you. <clears throat> I was really, really looking forward to this today. Um, I've been fascinating by fascinated by crop circles for over 20 years. I stumbled upon some kind of a coffee table book, you know, that had all these pictures. And I was just in awe, in shock almost that there were all these amazing, just beyond belief photos that no one was talking about. I mean, it should have been on the news, <laughs> you know? And so I've been following people, watching videos, and now hearing both of you talk about the experience of actually being there in that crop circle, I just have this huge like intuition that I have to get there somehow next year. And so I know that, you know, Philippe, you said that there are not as many being formed right now, but if someone wanted to go to maybe around Avery, where there's more chance of finding one. <laughs> uh, how would you do that, not knowing exactly when one would come? And is is there a good group to you know go with that could you know lead us on some kind of a tour? What do you recommend for that? Uh, first, before doing that huge effort to cross the ocean to come and see them. Uh, it's going to be cheaper and you're going to see more of them if you just go to websites and you just see many of them. It's just like a meditation exercise. Put them in your eyes and then go and meditate. Now, if you really want to come here, uh, the best time of the year to do it is the two last weeks of July and the first week of August, right before the harvest. That's when you'll see most of them. Um, and look on Crop Circle Connector before coming. They'll tell you exactly where they are. They'll give you the coordinates so that your sat-nav will tell you exactly where to go. Uh, and uh, don't forget your phone because that will guide you to the Crop Circle. And um, you'll find some information at our shop, the hand shop in Avery. Um, but as I told you, um, last summer, for instance, was quite disappointing. And, um, yeah, there's always a few ones left. I'd be very surprised if we were to get none. Um, but don't build up too much expectations. Uh, I think when I see your enthusiasm, what I feel is that you've done 
95% of the work and, and that work can be done on the base of those drawings and those pictures and, uh, and meditation wherever you are. Um, sure. I don't know if they'll connect you with the earth or if they'll connect you with the stars. And I would say it, it doesn't matter, but feeling your enthusiasm, uh, you felt the joy and the amazing side of the crop circle. I mean, it's so unusual to experience something like that on this planet. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, Thank Jenny, you. I was thinking, you know, there's so many of us tribe members who are uh, star people in human form, right? And uh, some of us are hybrids and some of us are earth angels. And if we did do a little group trip together, we just intend and communicate to our ET star family. Hey, guys. We're coming. Would love some crop circles. Thank you very much. This is when we're coming. Can't wait, right? <laughs> yeah, I totally think we can manifest that for sure. Totally. Yeah. And Philippe, I just want to say that I went to your website, soulfood.photo, and the, the photos aren't loading for me on, on either browser. I don't know what was going on. Well, I mean, if you go on the website and there's a few sentences, you have to find the word crop circle on it right uh, I did. Uh, or um and and just click on crop circle and you'll get you'll get about 100 110 pictures of crop circles yeah maybe they're just slow to load because i see little squares of colors but when you click on it nothing comes up it's like blank right i'm having well, that issue too but i'm also just using brave so i thought maybe it was a brave issue i haven't tried chrome or um edge yet I went to Chrome. Okay. All right. Yeah, mine's blank as well. Same thing's happening for me on DuckDuckGo. Oh, that's odd. Okay. So maybe Miguel can figure that out. And we can we can share that with our tribe a little later. Um, but definitely the the hens shop is working. Um, so I do see images there. So that's where we can get the book, which is fantastic. Um, and and I know that um uh well actually maybe I don't know, <laughs> some of the folks here that are in my Topican level one training program uh, may know the story that when I was asking my angelic guide team, support team, uh, what to name my healing modality, uh, it was not in English, apparently. <laughs> so I said, well, what's the name? And they gave me a crop circle. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to have to look through all these images to figure out what the name of this healing modality was. And it was like this huge poster with like 80 or more circles. It was like near the bottom. It was like this tiny little photo. And that was the name of the healing modality. Um, I, I have since lost where that photo is, but I thought that was interesting and fascinating that the name of the healing or the, or the frequencies related to the healing modality was actually a crop circle. That was the name of it. And so I've since more or less translated it into uh, a version of English. Uh, so I thought that was really neat. And actually one of my first logos was actually a crop circle. And the artist who um, was creating it said he had quite the time trying to get everything all symmetrical. And, you know, so I, I can imagine uh, with some challenges, like the people that are physically making these humongous crop circles, what kind of now we probably have, you know, uh, drones and can maybe put lasers down to get that perfect geometry. But by doing it by hand, I, I would just find it almost impossible to to make something something that big and so perfectly geometrically, you know, consistent and and um, balanced. Just sort of, sort of like the you know the 
pyramid of Giza, right? It's like we, with our technology today, probably could not reproduce that structure. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Jenny. That was fantastic. We'll have to figure out a group trip here. <laughs> uh, that would be really cool. Um, so, uh, Philip, Miguel, uh, thank you so much for being here on the show. Really appreciate your time, sharing your wisdom, uh, and loved, you know, uh, what you shared about the crop circles, what they mean for you, and what they can mean for us as well, and really tapping into uh, our love and having own personal experience with it. So, bless you both. Thank you so much for being here on the show. Until next time, lots of love and bye for now. Thank you, Ken. Thank you.